I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. I just thought, how am I going to create remote income and work for myself if I didn't have all these kind of techie skills and design skills? And then I came across virtual assisting. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 57. If you're enjoying our podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're sharing three tips for how to work with your VA on your content creation. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? So I'm actually not drinking anything at this exact moment, but I am planning to pick up some ingredients to make hot toddies. Um, So we went to Portland, Maine over the break. And for some reason, they were like all over everybody's menu. Like every restaurant, every bar had like a a hot toddy drink. Yeah. So I want to now make some at home because it's still cold out and it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really good to me. I know I had mm-hmm. a hot rum for the first time back in early December, and it's still on my mind. So mm, I, I a hot buttered rum, I should say. Mm, Got to yeah. add the butter in there. I don't know how you do that. I don't know. Maybe I, I should it. look that up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was really, it was really good. So I'm. What's that? What's the difference? What's a hot toddy? So it has whiskey in it. So it's like whiskey and lemon and cinnamon and honey. I think I. That I'm not really sure if there's anything a- else good winter drink though. Yeah. You just have to be very careful on how much. So I am not a whiskey drinker at all. And so when I had one up there, I was pleasantly surprised that I actually enjoyed it. So I think that, I think the key for me is just like making sure the ratio is right. And that it's not too much whiskey because it's just overwhelming. (laughs) And you might take a nap. That's what I would do if I had a little too much whiskey Mm. and then have a very bad headache the next day. I know. Whenever I wake up. (laughs) Well, (sighs) We are going to, we've had some international guests lately. Uh, we are actually going to be heading this day to um, British Columbia. Is that where mm-hmm. we're going? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to chat with Rebecca Mason about uh, in three things that you should be talking about with your VA on your content creation. She had some great um, ideas and also makes her own beer. So take a listen. We have here with us today, Rebecca Mason. She is a virtual assistant coach for women who want to travel the world and be their own boss. Starting off as a VA herself, she was quickly able to quit her her nine to five job and make a full-time income from her VA business and truly create the life she loves. Now she runs Wanderlust VA, where she coaches others looking to start their own online virtual assistant business to create the lifestyle they've been craving. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you here. And you are coming in from Whistler, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. Definitely a living the dream, living in a ski resort town and doing every day like people go on vacation. Uh, (laughs) That that sounds like an amazing, amazing way to live, I must say. So it's you're, not by accident. Me, yeah, well, you've got me thinking about things. I'm not going to lie. So this mm-hmm. is cocktails and content creation. So first off, we must start with what are you drinking? So it's early morning here. So I'm drinking coffee to wake myself up. But I would be drinking some homemade beer. I brew oh. beer in my living room. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, it's lots of fun. It's, you know what? It's like mediocre beer. Definitely you could buy something better from the liquor store, but I really <laughs> love the process. <laughs> so those of you listening, you can't obviously see, we do these on Zoom. So, so are we getting like a tour uh, right now in your background of your brewery? <laughs> I, I can't turn it and face it. No, here, no, no. But, but that's your living room, right? That oh is. My God. Oh, I wow. Do, I do. What's it called? My... What, do you call it something? Do, like, do you have a name? So I name every batch and the batch that I'm currently enjoying is called Atmospheric River Pale Ale because I bottled it it when we got like a torrential downpour. (laughs) It's very inspired by the moment. That is so cool. Oh my God. That is really cool. You, You definitely are living kind of this really unique life. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I love it. Oh, So, um, but tell, so tell us how you got to this point, living this amazing life, you know, tell us about your your journey, what it is you do. Tell us about Wanderlust VA and all the things. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the story kind of started, I remember I was graduating from university and I was in senior year and I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, Rebecca, can you picture like a boardroom, can you picture like what job you're supposed to apply for? And I would close my eyes and the image was black. It was just like totally dark. And I thought, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like I don't, I can't see a future for myself. So I spent many years um, after university traveling, working in, you know, different jobs, trying to sort of like find what I was supposed to be doing, sort of finding what clicked for me. Um, and I ended up pursuing a career in acting. I studied acting in New York and Moscow and Los Angeles, and that was a big passion of mine. And then I pursued the film industry and I was like, this must be it. You know, I'm passionate about film. Um, and then, you know, things started to kind of crumble and I, I decided I needed a break. I was like, okay, I need a pause. What would I really love to do? And Paired with acting, I was also a passionate skier. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be a ski bum for a winter. So I like told my parents, I was like, mom, dad, I'm going to be a ski bum. And I moved to Whistler, which is one of the number one ski resorts in North America. Spent a winter there and really had this kind of like transformative season in my life where everyone here is pursuing the lifestyle that they love. And it's not necessarily about work. It's not about your career status. It's about making a shift to live a life that really brings you joy and happiness and fills you full. So at the end of this season of being a ski bum, my parents were like, okay, season over. Are you going to go pursue a career now? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. So then I left and got back into film and that new knowledge never went away. I w- it was such an, uh, like an eye-opening awakening experience. And I thought, okay, I need to figure out how I can live life by design, life that makes me happy, fill my life full of adventure and skiing and travel and friends and cocktails and brewing beer and all these things. And I figured that the ticket was remote work. So then I had to figure out what kind of remote work that was. I did not have a degree in computer science. I wasn't techie. I didn't know anything about websites. I can't graphic design if my life depended on it. I just thought, how am I going to create remote income and work for myself if I didn't have all these kind of techie skills and design skills? And then I came across virtual assisting. And that's when it really clicked for me. I thought, 
I can do this. Oh my gosh. And once that clicked, you know, this was years of sort of searching around. And once that clicked, I knew I need to start right away. Like, where do I sign? How do I do this yesterday? So I joined a program. I hired a coach and I went through this four month program to start a virtual assistant business and find clients and leave my nine to five. And sort of in the midst of that, I was again transforming. I was like, I'm going to go backpack Ireland while I am going through this program and building this business. And it was a wild success. It really changed my life. And then um, that mentor, that coach who ran that program I went through, she brought me on as a co-mentor. And I just got, I fell in love with helping other women sort of unlock their freedom and have this, again, this empowered awakening, like, oh my gosh. I can work for myself or I don't have to stay stuck in this nine to five, right? Don't have to commute my life away. Uh, and then I ended up taking over the program entirely. I ended up sort of uh, the, the original founder of the program and of the Wonderlust VA moved on to other things. And I stepped in and filled that role. And that is what I do now is I help other women start virtual assistant businesses and I call virtual assisting the gateway drug to online work. Because once, once you're a VA and you're working online, it's amazing where you can end up taking your business and expanding it. So that is, that's my story in a nutshell. So what does a virtual assistant do exactly? Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like such a big job, you know, job title. Like it could include so many different things. It is. It's a really large umbrella term, which has its pros and cons. I mean, it's cons are that people have a hard time sort of wrapping their mind around it. It's pros is that it's, it's opportunities are as vast as it's, as its name. So the best way to explain what a virtual assistant is, is that they are independent contractors who work remotely supporting businesses normally with things like tech marketing, admin and design. Um, that's the simplest form, but I'll tell you, virtual assistants can help with anything. Um, but the key takeaway is independent contractor. And that really means that you work for yourself. You're not an employee, um, which can be a big mindset shift for a lot of women. So they're an extra set of hands. They're an extra mind to brainstorm with, and they're a close confidant. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> it's funny because... I would say in the last two, couple of years, especially with the pandemic, that the VA world has just like blown up because so many other businesses are pivoting online. And now they're like, oh, crap, I need help. This is like, I thought, you know, I mean, I, I run a business that's partially online, partially not. I mean, I have an education, educating arm to my business. So that is pretty much online. Um, and there's a lot that goes into it. So it's like this whole world has like pivoted online and now you need people to support. It's like, it's like the secretary that would have been in the office or the executive assistant that would have been in the office is now just remote. It's like, oh, can you do this? Can you check this? Can you grab that email? Can you, can you respond to this client? Can you go right out and get a virtual coffee? Sure. A hundred percent. And that, you know, that just really captures that anyone can, can hire a virtual assistant. It doesn't have to be an online business. Um, brick and mortar businesses can hire virtual assistants. That's true. And in fact, because they're independent contractors for a lot of companies, they are more affordable to hire 
because you don't have to pay for their office or their desk or their computer or their 401k or their benefits. You don't even have to hire them for 40 hours a week. So for a lot of businesses that were forced to go online with the pandemic, they are learning about the benefits of virtual assisting. And now it's time for the virtual assisting industry to close that gap and catch up to the demand. So it's a really exciting time to become a virtual assistant. Awesome. So, in That's other awesome. words, jump on it now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, content creation, we talk, I mean, this is cocktails and content creation. We talk a lot about it and content marketing. They're both a lot of work. We, we both know that. And we've talked a lot about outsourcing on the show as well. And you could actually outsource your content creation, but how do you know if you're actually ready to kind of outsource this task specifically? Yeah. You know, content marketing is such a big part of business and sales and especially in, you know, the last couple of years and going into 2022, it, it grows your audience and audience equals sales. So, you know, how do you know when to outsource it to a virtual assistant? You know, there's a couple of things that come to mind and one is, you know, outsource it when someone can do it better than you. It's such an important part of business. Um, that if someone, if, if you've got a VA that's a better designer, that's a better copywriter who, you know, is more in tune with engagement or, you know, whatever it is about growing your audience, it's too important right now to not give it to the strongest person on the team. Um, and also, you know, with that said, if we're focusing on sort of zone of genius and is, you know, can your virtual assistant do it better than you can, you know, it's a good time to to you know, hand off and outsource content creation is when your time is better spent somewhere else. Um, you know, if you're a CEO of your business or you're one of the people in charge, it's bottlenecks can kill your business. And if you're not sort of doing high level stuff, um, so that's you know that's another sign as well. And you know, when you trust someone that can represent you and your business, and they might be a better designer, and you're you know your time can be spent doing something better. That's that would be my sign. Like, hey, don't get bogged down. Let someone who's ready and who has the skills take on that task. Delegate. I love I love that. So I I've been outsourcing more and more um, with my business, and I think the zone of genius is one of the reasons I did start outsourcing. Is because I just you know it's not necessarily what I want to do. But the other thing is the other thing I realized is that I. I just was putting it off and it yeah. just never got done because it's like, I didn't, it's like, you know, it's one of those tests that didn't really like light me up per se. Mm. So I was putting it off. It was never getting done or it would just be like, Oh, I got it. You know, it was like that feeling that you're like, I don't want to do, it. I don't want to do it. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's, um, you know, one of the reasons I really started outsourcing. And then again, when someone can do it, better than you. I mean, there's so many resources out there that you can learn to do a lot of things yourself. YouTube, like, okay, you could learn to be a better copywriter. You could learn to be a better designer, but do you have the time? And do you really want to like, is that where your time is better invested is like learning a new skill and then still doing it yourself or just hiring someone to just get it done? A hundred percent. And, you know, piggybacking off of zone of genius, I've I have a small team in the Wonderless VA and I do all my hiring based on like zone of genius. And so Mm. everyone 
everyone is really good at what they do and they're better than the other person at doing it. And, and it brings them joy. I mean, that's if people are new to the concept of zone of genius, really it's about what is the work slash what are the tasks that you're both good at and bring you joy because you're going to yeah. be the most efficient and effective at them. So, but one of the things I, I struggled with at first was like, how, how can I outsource this? Like easy, it like easy, right? Like, how can I make it easy? How can I create that line of communication with this person, whether it's a VA or, you know, another independent contractor. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the things we're going to talk about is, you know, like some of the tips you have for working with a VA specifically for content creation. Cause I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to be like really geared up to like hire somebody and outsource somebody, but then they're going to like get stuck and say like, Ugh, but it's going to like take so long to onboard somebody and like for them to yeah. learn my voice and for them to understand my needs, like, Oh, I'll just do it myself. You know? So I guess what are the tips you have to, for us when working with a VA for the content creation, whether it's, organization tips, tech tips, like what do you, what do you have for us? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when it comes to apps and tech and all that kind of stuff, that's easy. You know, you can, you can figure that part out. There's so many platforms out there and, and they all have their magic or whatnot. What I think are sort of the, the lesser known untangibles when it sort of comes to supporting your VA and taking over content creation is one is having a brand and voice guideline. And this can be a simple like Google doc and it consists of sort of what are your brand archetypes and what are common words that you use? What's common language. And then on the flip side, what are words that you don't use? What, what is, what is language that is not representative of your brand do you use lots of exclamation points and emojis? Uh, are you more serious with your brand? Do you have certain signatures that you sign off with? Sort of creating a Google Doc, almost like a legend, like, hey, this is how you talk like me. This is how you, this is the voice of the brand. So that can be really helpful if you just take the time to sit down, create that once, hand it to your VA and be like, hey, these are the common words that I use and common language that I use that can be really supportive. Um, and the next one is a strategy. Uh, you know, all, all of the platforms are individual machines. You know, I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say, oh, you know, get a, use a scheduling app and fire all your content off on all the platforms at the same time. It's the same content for every platform. It's, you know, heading into 2022 and beyond each of these platforms are coming out as like really individual machines and they have to be treated uniquely. So it's like, what are your goals for each platform and, and empowering your virtual assistant with that. And then, you know, on top of that, the, the number one obstacle that I see come between clients and virtual assistants is that there isn't transparency of the big vision. The client is not, enrolling the virtual assistant in like the entire vision of the business, the goals, you know, what is your annual goal? What are you trying to achieve? Again, content creation is one of the biggest pieces of sales and audience growth and marketing and building your business. So if you are going to be, you know, delegating that off to a virtual assistant, 
You want them to have all the pieces to the puzzle. You want them to see the big picture. Like, okay, what are we trying to achieve? What sales are we trying to achieve? What goals are we trying to reach? You know, are we, are we going to be creating new offers? Are we expanding the offers we already have? The more transparency you can empower your virtual assistant with, with vision, with strategy, and with brand voice and, uh, you know, uh, Brand, yeah, brand voice and, and guidelines, the more you can sort of empower the virtual assistant to, to take on the entire project and be really invested in it. I've actually always thought of the VA as someone who like takes on everything, right? Mm-hmm. But we're talking about it specifically in the sense of content creation. Is it possible for a VA to like limit their, as you say, their work to kind of their zone of genius? So, you know, one person specifically for blog writing, another person specifically for, you know, social media management, that kind of thing. And can a business have kind of more than one VA doing all of these different things? Is that kind of the norm or is it more like one person doing everything when it comes to a specific part of the business? I So honestly, I would say that every business is going to do it differently. And what my advice is, is that um, if you, if you're going to, if you're deciding to hire virtual assistants or independent contractors and have a bunch of them doing, you know, smaller tasks, then make sure that's a conscious choice. And you haven't yet considered that maybe you can just have two VAs doing a bunch of tasks. So it's, you know, some virtual assistants have their niche, they have their area of expertise, and they come in and they handle that one thing, and it's great, and it lights them up. And there are other VAs that, you know, you can enroll them in like the entire vision of the business and, and have them help up and roll up their sleeves and jump in and, and support with all sorts of tasks. So it's up to, I, you know, I believe it's up to the client, it's up to the CEO of the business to sort of constantly be keeping their finger on the pulse, like, is this the most efficient way to not only run my business, but to run my team as well. Um, I, you know, by both being a virtual assistant, I hire virtual assistants, I coach virtual assistants, and I coach VA clients as well. So I see all sides of a business. I really, truly believe that the most important part behind any business is the team. And so that might mean that you have a couple of VAs that have their expertise, and that's where they hang out. Or that might mean you have one or two VAs that are fully invested, their sleeves are rolled up, and they are helping you grow this business from the ground up like you are. I think that kind of leads into like our next question we had about hiring VA. And it sounds like you kind of need to think about that strat, like having that strategy, like, okay, is it, do I, do I really want to find a few VAs that I like really need, like very specific for the very specific tasks? And that's like what they specialize in or, you know, because that would mean managing multiple people. Do you have the bandwidth to manage multiple people, right? Or are you really looking for that like one rock star VA that can, you know, is talented in multiple facets? So I think starting with that question, but what else, you know, would someone want to consider when they're hiring a VA, um, you know, for the first time or thinking about hiring a VA? Number one thing to consider just to sort of, you know, rip the bandaid off is you commonly get what you pay for. And, uh, you know, I, again, I see this all the time with clients and it can, you know, there are, there's a wide range of VA prices and rates 
out in the world. And you might be attracted to, you know, a, a VA that you invest a lower amount into. And I hope that works well for you. <laughs> but normally May the force, may the force be with you. Yeah. I yeah. hope that works well for you. But normally it is something, you know, the more you invest in your VA, the more mm-hmm. they invest in you. It's pretty straightforward. And yeah. and again, I challenge clients if you hesitate to invest in a VA whose rates might look higher than um, other ones. I and that and that makes you nervous. That makes you, you know, you feel resistance. I challenge you to lean into that. I challenge you to really ask yourself, like, what does that mean about how you feel about your business? How does what does that mean about how you feel your business can support bringing on a virtual assistant? So there are some bigger questions that those numbers are truly actually reflecting. So Mm -hmm. that's my first one is sort of you, it's easy peasy, you commonly get what you pay for. My second one is hop on a Zoom meeting with a VA before agreeing to work with them. And this is me speaking to potential clients, but I teach virtual assistants, I say, do not work with a potential client who won't hop on a meeting with you. I mean, not only does it sort of cut out scams, you know, right off the bat, but it tells you something about, again, like, is this client someone who's willing to sit down, hop on a meeting with you, you know, see who you are, get to know you, invest some time into you, um, and vice versa. You know, you want a virtual assistant who's going to hop on a meeting with you, ask questions about your business, ask questions about your goals. Why are you looking to hire a VA? The more that your VA is invested in your business, the more fun and the easier it's going to be. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's just I a know, major difference. Yeah. Well, you know, I know a lot of times when I send, I'm a, I'm, I do freelance blog writing for people and you can go online very easily and type in, you know, copy and content writing and you'll pull up all of these firms and you can get a blog post for like 30 bucks. And I, my rates are significantly higher than that, but like, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I've also had 15 years of experience writing and I do all of, you know, I do provide a zoom meeting, you know, where I learn the language that you use and I try to mimic your voice and I put it into your website and format it for you. And like, there's all these different things that I do that you won't get necessarily from one of those agencies. So I totally, I get what you're saying with the whole, um, uh, you get what you pay for situation. But the mm-hmm. other thing with the whole not hopping on a Zoom call, I actually had somebody who agreed to meet with me via Zoom, but they wouldn't turn their camera on. And that turned, for some reason, that turned into like the weirdest experience. It was just like, and we didn't click. Not for some you know? reason. That, that, well, that, yeah. It's not, again, it's not, it's just, it's these little things. Hop on a yeah. meeting, turn the video on. It's, it's the it's it's these little checkpoints, these like little sieves. You're like, okay, if the person's not willing to do that, then what does that mean? You know, what mm-hmm. is it going to be like working with them? Um, yeah. You know, I tell virtual assistants all the time, and 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 not to not to generalize clients, but again, I just sort of want to paint a picture that clients who are, um, are are hesitant about investing in a VA and 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 show resistance against going on a meeting. It just says a lot about what the relationship is going to be like. 
and they're red flags. I mean, I talk about with virtual assistants and finding clients, I draw so many parallels with dating all the time. I'm always drawing parallels with how finding clients is like dating. And it's like, you got all these red flags when a potential partner starts to talk to you. And are you going to ignore the red flags and hop into a relationship that you know is going to fall apart? <laughs> I love yep. it. Our it. last guest was this. It was the, we were talking about email, you know, getting people on your email list, and it was the same. It's like you know, your email list, like a date, you know, and it was just so. Yes, we totally get you on this. My goodness, yeah. Yeah. it works. It yeah. works. So are there some things that, um, you know, as like a a business owner that we should be like asking VAs during like this initial meeting or like an interview? Like, you know, should we be looking for a portfolio? Should we be like to avoid some of these red flags? Are there things that business owners should be learning about the potential VA um, through that like sort of Mm -hmm. interview process, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Well, I think first and foremost, um, and and I'm sure you ladies have heard this expression before, everything is figure outable. So, you know, yes, you want to ask your VA questions about sort of their skill sets and, you know, what platforms they're familiar with using. But let me remind you that all of those things can be learned what can't be learned is, are you going to enjoy working with each other? Are, do you have similar communication styles? Is, are, is your client going to come, are you going to come across as needy because you want to hear from your VA every day? Or are you going to come across as distant because you, you trust your VA and you don't need to hear from them until the project's done? So I think some of those deeper questions of, you know, what their communication styles are like, uh, what is their availability? Um, I, you know, I can't emphasize enough that what clients need to understand going into hiring a virtual assistant is that they are independent contractors. They are not employees. So you as a client cannot dictate when your virtual assistant works. That is up to them. Um, you cannot dictate when they are available. You cannot dictate that they hop on all these meetings with you. Um, you can ask and you can hope that you come into agreement with it and you most likely will. But going into discovery calls and meetings with a, with a virtual assistant, knowing that you're not hiring an employee, you're not your, their boss cracking a whip, you're going into a partnership with someone who's really good at what they do and want to support you and want to be invested in your business. And so getting down to those questions about values and their, and their communication style and, and uh, maybe their zone of genius and what interests them, because you can, whatever platforms or snazzy softwares you use in your business, you can teach them how to use those. I totally agree with you on that because I know even as a blog writer, sometimes people don't quite understand that, yes, they are not. I'm not, as I said, I'm not a VA, but with blog writing, like some people think, oh, I'm just going to be available every single time that they need me. And it's like, no, now with the Wanderlust VA, you said, you, you know, you train um, VAs. Can people also come to you and say, I need a VA for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the Wanderlust VA and how that works. So the Wanderlust VA is really just sort of like a big family. <laughs> It's a world. It's a world. And we have a lot of fun. Um, And, you know, our main pillars are sort of empowerment and confidence. I tell women all the time, the only thing you need to start a business is confidence. And, you know, we're very lucky that confidence can be built and confidence can be built by us. So that's really, really empowering. 
so the Wonderless VA, it's I run multiple programs throughout the year, sort of going through all the steps of uh, setting up a business, all the businessy, terrifying stuff like taxes and registration and 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 stuff like that. I'm just wrapping up a, a four week program, coaching program around all that. Um, and I'm about to open enrollment for a program for finding virtual assistant clients. And sort of, I run multiple programs a year, bite size, so they're not overwhelming. Sort of putting all the pieces of building and expanding a virtual assistant business. And you can do the pieces in order. You don't have to do them in order. Um, and so you can hop into my world at any time. And then we also really sort of, we believe in continued growth and continued expansion. Uh, like I said earlier, virtual assisting is like the gateway job for online work. So over and over again, I see women start virtual assistant businesses and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then they want to expand into other things. They either want to become online business managers or they want to niche down or they want to start a second business or whatever it is. So we really believe in continuing to support women in expanding. So we also have uh, lots of offers for established virtual assistants, established online service providers, masterminds, uh, you know, next level programs and all that kind of stuff. So it really is sort of a big family hug. And we are here to support you wherever you are. But with the energy of building your confidence. We come into everything with pom-poms on and it's a party and we celebrate our wins and we pop bottles of champagne. That's all you need to sort of keep inching outside your comfort zone and, and try something new to get closer to achieving that dream. So that's sort of the the vibe of the Wanderlust VA. <laughs> I don't think I've heard anybody describe their their business quite like that, but I think it's <laughs> The travels, it's the travel bug. You guys are all bitten by the travel bug and travelers yeah. are partiers. Let's face it. Yeah. You know, yeah. We all want to get out there and do our thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had many women come into my world and say, Hey, you know, I watched one of your, your YouTube videos and you were having a cocktail and that's totally my vibe. And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> one of your homemade beers. <laughs> one of my homemade beers or I'm, you know, having a margarita doing a live or whatever. It's just, it's, it's, I really believe in, and, you know, it's not, it's not this or that anymore. It's not you work or you go on vacation. It's, it's, and you can have it all, you can do it all. And it's something that I have, I'm still developing. I remember when I started to work remotely from home and I probably went two months before I thought, wait a second, I could totally open a beer right now and be sipping huh. it while I'm working. Like, hold on. It's not like work or go out for happy hour. It's like all of these things <laughs> that are swirling around me, I'm allowed to welcome in all at the same time. So I'm here for it. So now just, you know, be honest, you, you showed us that. So for those of you who can't see, obviously she showed us a beer bottle when she was talking about her homemade beers. Where Was there something in that beer bottle while you were doing this interview? <laughs> That's totally cool with us. <laughs> well, you mentioned your YouTube channel. So where else can people find out more about Wanderlust VA? The best place to find me right now is on Instagram. So I'm at the Wanderlust VA on Instagram. 
Um, that's where I provide like tons of free resources. I really believe in free resources. So whether you are a video person and you're on YouTube um, or you're a reader and you can head to my blog or you want to interact with me on Instagram is the best place. And uh, I just really encourage women to DM me, reach out to me, sort of be brave, ask that question. I do not bite. And in fact, I like, again, pom-poms, they come out and I'm like, hey, congratulations, you reached out to me. That must have been really scary. What questions do you have, right? I'm here to support all women at whatever stage they're at. So, uh, yeah. And even if even if someone is interested in hiring a VA, so do you yeah. have you you do you still do that? You do, right? You still yeah. okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. so people can still find you there on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I've got yeah. I've got a form that I send out to clients who are looking to hire virtual assistants and they fill out the form to help me kind of narrow down who in my network of you know almost 200 virtual assistants wow. um, that I can reach out to and uh, hopefully find the right fit. And what I do if a client is looking for a VA, I normally inter- I normally connect them with about three options. And then I say, hey, these VAs are absolute champs. They will take it from here. And uh, the VA is normally the first to respond and they handle it and they're absolute pros. It's, it's wonderful. I know clients love hiring virtual assistants who go through the Wonderlust VA. Oh, I love that. Love it. That's awesome. Well, Rebecca, ah. thank you so much for talking with us today. We've loved hearing about you, your journey, and about what the Vonderlust VA does. And we hope that people will check you out. Amazing. You ladies are awesome. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So as someone that has outsourced now for a couple of years, some of the things I do, I really enjoyed the conversation we had with Rebecca and you know, her understanding her tips for any future hiring or any future work that I decide to outsource. Um, one of the things I actually really appreciated and I think is really important is to have some of the strategy in place. Um, you know, for me, I don't have for, for the brand photographer method, I have like an actual slide deck, exactly what she was talking about with my brand guidelines and my whole brand strategy. And it is Mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, I don't have anything like that for Jesse Wyman photography, but I do have a strong handle in my head of what that is. So maybe I just need to like, sort of like sit down and do that. that But I think, but I think it's really important, you know, so that someone can understand your voice, your tone, your values, your keywords, how you write, do you use emojis? Do you use exclamation points? What words do you not use? Especially when it comes to hiring someone for your content creation. So I thought that was really great that she sort of framed it up as like the more information and strategy you can hand off to your VA, the better your relationship and working um, with them will be. So for me, a couple of, I take away a couple of things with this because obviously I have not really outsourced um, my business. I just kind of take care of everything, but I've been thinking a lot about if I was to eventually do something like that, like what would that look like and what would I be looking for? And my problem is, you know, and I've talked about this before, my ADHD, I come up with a big picture and then I'm very, I'm extremely detail oriented. So then I come up with this big picture and I just automatically start thinking of all the things that are involved with it. So like I've been trying to plan um, my content out 
at least a month in advance, which is fantastic. But sometimes making those decisions about what's going to go where can be overwhelming to me. So sometimes, sometimes I think like, I wish I had somebody who almost could just sit down with me (laughs) and just help me organize my thoughts, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and it's funny because like, I'll do, you know, you hand me stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that for somebody else's business, but and not necessarily organizing when you're going to post and what you're going to post, but you also hand me an idea and I can flesh it out. Whereas with my stuff, sometimes, you know, when it's my own things, I have a problem taking it from the beginning to the end. Like I feel like I miss a couple of steps just because I'm trying to handle everything. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where my head is at with that. And then the other thing I really took away from it, and I think it's important, um, to, to take this into account is the whole idea of a VA not being like at your beck and call all the time. While it's great to have somebody there that can handle everything you need to throw at them, recognizing that somebody, you know, we didn't necessarily get into this, but I'm assuming some VAs, you know, work for a couple of different brands and businesses at the same time. And, you know, just because you need them or you think you need them at a specific meeting or whatever, it's not always going to work for that, their schedule. And I find that a lot when you, when you're, when you're the person that people outsource things to, sometimes they, and this is not me, this is, you don't do this, (laughs) Jesse. Let me just say that at first, you know, sometimes I think they just feel like because they've outsourced it to you, like you should just be available every single time that they need to talk to you about something. And I think that's important for all of us to recognize, no matter if you're a VA or CEO or the assistant to the assistant or um, whatever, we all need to be respectful of each other's time. And I think that 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 becomes a big part of a working relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So recognizing that a VA isn't just somebody you dump everything on and just expect it to all go like that, you know, you have to have a working relationship. And then yeah, you, what you were talking about with the, the brand, voice, having that in place and having a strategy, that's not something I necessarily even thought of. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a really great um, tidbit. The other thing I've always thought of VAs is just being like this support person, which they essentially are, but having their own business, I've never thought of it as like having their own business. That can be so empowering to think of it in that respect. I think some people may shy away from becoming a VA because they think they want to have their own business. And technically, if, if you're good at assisting people in one you know, zone of genius, you do have your own business. And I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. you know, especially when she was talking about the confidence part of it at the end, that was, yeah, that really resonated with me. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And the fact that you can do it from anywhere is I know. very attractive. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I won't, I won't be doing that anytime soon, but you know, for those of you who have a little bit more freedom, um, maybe check that out with the Wanderlust VA. But for now, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. And you can check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And for now, I am Kate Andrews and you can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're interested in learning more about brand photography, you can check me out at the Brand Photographer Method on Instagram as well. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Mm-hmm.